the coronation of Queen Liz III. September the 5th, 2022 8am BBC News reporters already out and about collecting the assorted voices of the people. Mostly they are disinterested or dismayed. There are still four hours of mostly non-news to fill before Liz Trust is formally pronounced as the replacement PM for Boris Johnson. The programme is drawing to a close. National Groundhog Day Scene 1 is drawing to a whimpering end. 8.30am Nicky Campbell on 5 Live announces he will be taking the nation's temperature and that he has his thermometer all ready to insert. 12 noon. BBC still paddling furiously, trying to appear calm, while filling in before the announcement of the coronation of Queen Liz Third. Several memorably unforgettable interviews. 12.30pm. A darkened room filled with Conservative MPs. Enter the candidates. Enter Sir Graham Brady, who announces the details of the voting procedures and the long-anticipated result. Liz Truss has won the contest. 57.4% to 42.6% of those voting. Much applause. Phew, it's over, it seems to say. With unseemly haste, Liz Truss reaches the lantern. Thanks everyone, especially Rishi Sunak. Adds special thanks to Boris Johnson. Slightly puzzled applause. Adds a punchline. I will deliver as a conservative. A moment's puzzled silence. Then applause. Adds a punchline. I will deliver as a conservative. Another pause. And then even more puzzled applause. Ends with a promise to deliver, deliver, deliver and win a general election. This receives a rousing reception. The action now turns to the coronation when the Queen, Liz II, will grant the position of head of her government to the pretender Liz III. September the 6th. 7.30am. Boris Johnson gives his farewell speech outside number 10. The staff are assembled to swell the numbers. He says the process turns out to be one in which they change the rules halfway through. Not clear who the they or the rules that were changed are. Our position is strong, he says. We will get through it. It all seems a bit sad, including the joke about Dylan the dog and Larry the cat. Somehow the catalogue of achievements rings hollow. Exit Boris with Carrie tagging along, rather more reluctant to be leaving, it seems. 3pm. The transfer of powers occurs not in London, but in Balmoral. An unusual arrangement through the Queen's mobility difficulties. There, the meetings with the Queen giving her gracious assent to the resignation of the outgoing Prime Minister and requesting that his successor agrees to form Her Majesty's Government. The ultimate symbolic act, still known as kissing of the Queen's hand, 
is in practice a gentle contact with the proffered royal fingers. 4pm Today the logistics worked as smoothly as a royal funeral. In a few hours our newly and graciously granted premiership is embodied in the person of Mary Elizabeth Truss, arriving at Downing Street to be greeted by Larry the Cat. Sorry, that's a joke. To be greeted by a gaggle of MPs and cabinet ministers whose futures will soon become clearer. 4.30pm A storm of biblical precautions breaks outside Downing Street. A drenched posse of politicians gallops for cover. Plan B is to be implemented as soon as it has been agreed. 5pm The news is that Liz Truss is approaching. The storm lessens. The podium is brought out as per plan A. At surprising speed, the PM arrives and moves briefly behind it. She speaks confidently. Acknowledges Boris, his achievements, the exceptionalism of the British people, tough times due to Covid and Putin, need to do more, reduce burdens, difficult but we can do it. Three priorities. She has a bold plan through reform, spades in the ground, building hospitals, dealing with energy bills, improving the health service. We are an exceptional nation. We can ride out the storm. Did I mention we were an exceptional nation? Makes a smart exit. I measured her speech as lasting four minutes. 10.30pm After two months of lethargy from the last administration, Liz Truss selects the main ministers for her new one in a few hours. She needs to rustle up a roomful of senior ministers for the protocol of a first cabinet meeting tomorrow morning. She then has to get them in place on the front bench for the first PMQ's face-off at high noon. Wednesday, September the 7th, 8am. I'm distracted from the building political drama by a story from the jungles of Uganda. A study of the rich social life of the chimpanzees there relieves that groups communicate by vocalising, but also by drumming out messengers using the hollow bases of tree trunks. I am irresistibly drawn to its relevance for today's PMQs. 12 noon. PMQs. The jousting begins. Sir Lancelot lies in wait for the Lady of Shalott. Will his gallantry or the naked ape dominate? we witnessed a mix of the old-fashioned formulaic courtesy and passive-aggressive reactions. 
the Lady of Shalott promising to cut taxes and save the country. Sir Lancelot probing gently and insisting the tax cuts would be a future burden for ordinary people. I felt the new Prime Minister came out of this difficult initiation as well as most of his supporters hoped. Stubborn, sticking to a script without the embellishments which were a feature of a predecessor's style. She may be unfortunate in the circumstances in which she has found herself, but she has already shown a tenacity likely to serve her well. Perhaps she would be not known as the Iron Lady, however much she wishes it, but that other epithet often attributed to her political heroine Margaret Thatcher may be closer to the mark. That bloody woman. I'm going to let the poet Tennyson have the last words. Who is this? And what is here? And in the lighted palace near died the sound of royal cheer. And they crossed themselves for fear all the knights at Camelot. But Lancelot mused a little space. He said, she has a lovely face. God in his mercy lend her grace. The Lady of Shalott.